You are listening to She Speaks by the Great Canadian Woman. The great Canadian woman makes waves, she moves mountains, and she blazes trails. This podcast is a compilation of inspirational Canadian women sharing their message, their insight, their experience, and their expertise. and compassion, strength and softness, pride and humility, independence and connectedness. The great Canadian woman unites us by both our similarities and our differences, and this is where we listen, learn, connect and grow. You can learn more about our publishing opportunities, events and how to be a contributor on the She Speaks podcast or blog by visiting www.thegreatcanadianwoman.ca. I'm Nikki. I'm a creator, marketer, and writer. I work as a chief operating officer at an advertising agency that takes purpose off the page. I am the founder of the Friendliness Project, a positivity movement that encourages random acts of kindness to strangers, and recently wrote and published a children's book titled A Thought is a Thought, a book that helps children better manage negative thoughts and anxiety. With today's landscape, it's no surprise that many children suffer from anxiety. Anxiety Canada reports that anxiety impacts upwards of 20% of children and adolescents. My goal is to help parents and caregivers by providing them with tools to help reduce anxiety in their children and in their households. For as long as I can remember, I've been an anxious person. As a kid, I was the one hiding under the table when we were over at my parents' friend's house. I was beyond shy. I've heard many stories about how quiet I was as a kid, but I wasn't always quiet. When I felt safe, I would laugh and run and play and dance and make up imaginary friends. And nothing made me feel safer than playing with my best friend. I was lucky to grow up with a friend that was basically a sister. She was a few years older than me, which always made me feel extra cool. And with her, I could be myself and have fun. We had the best time together. But when it came to new situations, meeting new people, or being in large groups, I would return to my shy and anxious self. I still remember my, this friend having my back anytime I felt anxious. When we were out for dinner at a restaurant and I was too afraid to order my food, she would jump in, I'll have the cheeseburger, and she'll have the chicken strips. Thank you. Another big supporter was my mother. She recognized that she had an anxious child and would do what she could do to help keep my routine more predictable and to provide me with things that would bring me comfort when my routine wasn't its regular routine. Having a favorite blanket and pillow was something that she incorporated to help me self-soothe when I was young. Wondering what anxiety looks like for a kid? In elementary school, it was being asked to read aloud in class, or being worried I would be picked last in gym class, or worrying that at a sleepover that the kids wouldn't like me. As I got older, it was test anxiety. Ugh, test anxiety. Being worried that I wouldn't do well and that I would embarrass myself and I'd let my parents down. It was also the pressure of wanting to be liked by all my peers. My childhood best friend, the one that was like a sister, did a lot to help me build my confidence. Part of that was knowing that she'd always have my back. It was when she graduated and moved off to university, and I was still only in grade 10, 
that I didn't have my protective barrier anymore. I needed to muster through my anxiety to start to find my own voice. I remember this as being a huge year of personal growth for me. I strengthened my relationship with other friends and grew a passion for theater. I also joined student leadership. I wasn't the wildflower that I once was, but I still had a lot of underlying anxiety. I grew up as a people pleaser. I worked hard to be a model citizen and was always driving to make my parents proud. This drive to please others served me well as I moved into my career in advertising, specifically event marketing, working on the account service team. My role revolved around making the client happy. For anyone who's had a wedding or organized a large event, you understand the pressure and stress that comes with planning it. To put it simply, working events fed my anxiety monster and had my brain running in overdrive most of the time. The beauty of events is it's a good thing when you run scenario A, B, C, D, all the way to Z. Poking holes and thinking of the worst all helps ensure that you have the event plans in place to be successful. Forbes magazine had included event coordinator is in the top 10 most stressful jobs, landing in at number five. And that is no joke. Months and months of hard work and planning can come down all to the one big event that can be as short as one day or even one hour. Needless to say, there's a lot at stake and you need to get it right. When I was 29, my dad passed away. As I attempted to cope with my grief and deal with the pressure of work, the anxiety took a deeper toll on my life. I began to have panic attacks. For anyone who's experienced one or hasn't experienced one, it can be very hard to breathe. Your chest hurts and your heart races. For me, it felt like I was drowning, never able to catch enough air. The silver lining was I could no longer ignore the issue. I needed to learn how to cope with my stress and anxiety that I was feeling. I did the work to learn about how to cope with my anxiety. I learned the core principles of how to intercept deep anxiety and panic attacks. A turning point for me was learning the value of being present, grounding myself in my environment by naming the items I could see around me as I felt a panic attack coming along. Green tree, blue sky, black dog, red car, blue house, white fence. The thing is you can stop the racing thoughts by getting grounded in reality. This causes the nervous system to calm down and pull you out of the panic attack. This method and grounding is also supported by the work of the Alpine Stress and Anxiety Clinic. I also dug into the practice of powerful breathing techniques that allowed me to calm myself when I was feeling anxious. It is incredible what a few breaths can do to get you into a calmer state. I began incorporating these breathing techniques into my sleep patterns and used them as I entered into high pressure moments like presenting to a crowd. Learning to breathe in through my nose into deep calming breaths has been a game changer. It was after years of practicing these techniques, deep breathing and mindfulness through connecting with my body, that it struck me, why did I have to wait until I was in my 30s to learn these amazing tools? As a big fan of Eckhart Tolle and his teachings about living in the now and being present, I started to ask myself, what if I could simplify this so a child could understand it? I let this percolate for a few days. It was a quiet Saturday morning that the refrain, a thought is a thought, it's not me, it's just not, popped into my brain. It was essentially the crux of the idea that we are not our thoughts. I huddled in my bedroom in the dark with my laptop and typed out a rhyming scheme that would teach kids the basics of mindfulness. The framework revolved around these key areas. We have thoughts all day, every day, and they are incessant. Our minds shift from thoughts about the future, what's going to happen, to the past, recalling what we've experienced. When we meditate or get still and present, we can calm our racing thoughts. By checking in with our bodies, what we're feeling physically, and by practicing breath work, we can calm our nervous system. And most importantly, thoughts are just thoughts. They are not who we are. 
The earworm, a thought is a thought, it's not me, it's just not, is intended to teach kids that they are not their thoughts and that they can let those thoughts go. I like to think of each thought as a little ball, and when the thought is being a pain in my butt, I visualize it as a helium balloon floating up into the sky, past the clouds, getting smaller and smaller until it's gone. As an adult I practice who practices mindfulness, it works for me to apply it to my day-to-day. Having a bad day at the office, a thought is a thought. Negative self-talk, a thought is a thought. So, a re- quick recap. Here's a quick cheat sheet. One, you are not your thoughts. Two, if you're feeling stressed, ground yourself in your environment. What do you see, hear, feel, taste, smell? Need to slow down your busy mind? Take three to five deep cleansing breaths. Breathe in through the nose, counting to three, hold for three counts, and then out through the mouth, counting to three. If you have an anxious child, a few things that can be helpful when it comes to teaching them how to deep breathe is to have them lie on the ground. Have them place a stone, stuffy, or book on their tummy, and then have them breathe in through their nose, trying to push that up item up towards the ceiling, and then have them exhale through their mouth and watch that item come back down. Try to have them do it three times in a row. If you have an anxious child that is creative, I think all kids are creative, encourage them to draw something that takes a lot of their focus. Give them an object to copy or ask them to draw the room they're in. The focus that they have to have to complete the task will take them out of their racing thoughts and bring them into the present moment. And of course, talking to your child about their anxiety is critical to helping them cope and reduce their stress. The Institute of Child Psychology has some great tips to how to approach the conversation and to help your child feel safe. Anxiety is tied to the feeling of fear, and parents need to calm their child's part of their brain that is screaming danger. It's important to help them learn what is a true danger, like seeing a bear in the woods, and what's an unproductive, anxious thought. The Institute of Child Psychology recommends moving close and trying some of these phrases. But it's recommended that parents do something to help their child calm their body first. A child cannot calm their thoughts if their bodies aren't calm. Some examples of things you can do, it's trying yoga, deep breathing, holding your child, having them do some exercise or gross motor play. All these things help calm the body. Here are some of my favorite phrases recommended by the Institute of Child Psychology to calm your child. You feel really overwhelmed, but this feeling will go down. I will stay with you until this feeling gets smaller. You are safe with me. I'm not going anywhere. Let's do some deep breaths together until this feeling goes down. It's hard to feel this way, but everyone feels scared sometimes. I can see you were scared to do that. Would you like to try it together for the first time? That's such a big feeling. I'm right here. I won't go away. Even though you're scared, we'll figure this out. I believe in you. Everyone gets scared. You are still strong. This worried feeling will not last forever. We will get through this together. For adults trying to find time to be more mindful and present, you could try being present while in the shower. See how long you can focus on the feeling of the water on on your body. Put your hand under the running water and see how it feels as it warms up, or as you decide what the perfect temperature should be. How does it feel when the water first hits your head and runs down your back? Be present for each step of your shower. As someone who's experienced the moment where she can't remember if she shampooed her hair more times than I'd like to count, it's a great time to be present and to take a moment for yourself. In fact, I'm sure many of you who are listening have experienced the exact same thing. Another reason I think taking a mindful shower is helpful is that with the current pandemic, we might be finding it harder to find a moment to ourselves. 
You may not have the commute time that you typically have, or perhaps your regular workout routine has been impacted. So since showering is a pretty regular and often solo activity, it's a great time to carve out for some self-care. Being present has such a powerful influence on our happiness. Look for moments where you can put your phone down, feel the breeze, and listen intently. It's important to remember people will model their behavior after yours. So if you can get grounded and be present, hopefully you'll positively influence others to do the same. My wish for you is that you're able to quiet those racing thoughts and know that you are enough, just as you are. So next time you're having a negative, nagging thought, remember, a thought is a thought, it's not me, it's just not. Thank you so much for tuning into the She Speaks podcast by The Great Canadian Woman. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite player so you don't miss a single episode. And if you love what we're doing here, we would be so appreciative if you could leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And if you want to connect with today's guest or become a guest on the show yourself, head to thegreatcanadianwoman.ca forward slash podcast. Until next time, make waves, move mountains, and blaze trails. Thank you.